Hey everybody, welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and today I'll be talking about flea markets and street fairs. Many of us enjoy them on weekends as we stroll through different neighborhoods and see the same vendors. Until Amazon usurped discount sales, it was the thing to do if you wanted socks and undies and bed linens. Still is if you are in a receptive frame of mind. From Google, flea markets. The term flea market originated with the French marché à puce. It translates into market of the fleas and referred to the likely flea-infested used merchandise. They set up and sell their goods from designated spaces called booths or stalls, which they rent from the flea market, owners or organizers. The flea markets in Chelsea were a spectacle. They really were commercial parking lots with oddballs and kooks selling old stuff they amassed. Sixth Avenue had a long stretch of them in the 20s. It was a way to pass the time on Sundays after brunch or if you really wanted an old lamp. There was even a guy who sold broken Christmas ornaments. There is still one little one left on 25th Street between Broadway and 6th Avenue, and you can still buy skull-shaped rings made from pot metal, stuff like that. There is also a trace remnant on 6th Avenue between 23rd and 24th Street where I've seen everything from used sneakers to broken wheelchairs for sale from sidewalk vendors who never say die. I worked at the flea markets on Long Island for five years between 1975 and 1980. It was something I would not trade. I learned so many keen insights into human nature from a somewhat egalitarian atmosphere. I saw quite a lot of the same people over and over every weekend, and occasionally there would be some drama here and there, but overall it was a loopy, laid-back barrage of 70s people from the entire New York area and beyond. They proved to be crucial to my understanding of the human race. As an aside, you can always tell newbies because they were so keyed up or ready to haggle when it wasn't really that much of a thing in the first place and not called for in that instance. Some people did, but overall, the things I sold were already at a low, low discount price, and arguing with a shrimpy kid was not cool or even a thing. I sold a lot of stationery, so we were selling tape and paper goods and markers and the like to vendors before the flea market opened for the day, as we called it, the flea. We would sell cases of masking tape at what was apparently a discount for a number of hardworking house painters. New York City school teachers would spend their own money on specific supplies. When the guy with the big class ring and the subway tokens and the penny slot of his loafers would come up to me, they weren't flea market regulars, usually a little overdressed for the place. I guess they wanted to be reminded of their teen years or just be simpatico. They were always really nice to me. I worked at Aqueduct, Belmont, and Roosevelt racetracks, all in the parking lots. I had a kid who was a mouth breather with long, straight black hair parted on the side who had a very slick, somewhat mesmerizing way of buying batteries, emptying the battery case, and replacing them in one swipe in the boombox he would constantly carry around while playing nothing but Judas Priest and wearing only a Judas Priest t-shirt for a top each and every single time I saw him for five years. I imagine he sold his share in a successful software company and lives on an island somewhere these days. There was a guy who was a fellow vendor who also happened to be a New York City corrections officer. 
He bought a case of Bic lighters to sell to inmates every Sunday. One of the guys I used to buy weed from, a roommate of a good friend of mine who died from a drug overdose a long time ago, used to sell cut fruit in plastic cups. And when I would go to buy a cup of watermelon, I would give him a $5 bill and he would give me back five singles. He was a great guy. It was 1976. I also once, on a Sunday of course, sold something to the hottest TV star in the world at the time, Jimmy J.J. Walker, who was a very nice guy, I must say. He did not say dynamite. He was with his mom. This stands completely apart from my later knowledge that both Jay Leno and David Letterman were his joke writers at the time. Who the hell would Jay Leno and David Letterman to a kid selling Bic lighters, razors, stickers, masking tape and glue, and index card at the flea market in the 70s anyway? But you saw and interacted with people on a different level than anywhere else, even different than the racetracks we stood outside, which were full of Damon Runyon-esque types, touts, drunks, crazies, and some actual handicappers. Touts were usually nutty folks with flamboyant, garish, shop-worn clothing who offered betting advice based on who knows what. Definitely not guys and dolls. My experiences at racetracks are another story. My experiences have been quite colorful, and that is for another podcast, perhaps. I got a better understanding of the basic motivations that propel people to do what they do, and they intellectualize and rationalize afterwards. The lowest common denominator, the instinctive nature of the beast, all on full display every week from 6 a.m. to 6 or 7 p.m. It was, to my assessment, like being a carny without conning anyone. He just had a ringside seat to humanity, and it was nutty. I saw pure eccentricity. I won't say rugged individualists because I doubt most of them had any idea that they were being so individual. I think they were just being who they couldn't help but be, which is what we all really are when you strip away the vanity and the ego we wrap around ourselves. They just unconsciously dispense with all that bothersome self-consciousness. People approached and talked to you on a gut level with not too much pretense at all. I have a great deal of affection for my youthful experience at the Fleas. Street fairs are not all that different from flea markets. I've seen a number of the same vendors, the spice people, again, the socks and the undies and the bed linens, t-shirts, pickles, mixed music, costume jewelry, handbags, and the snack food, all at both experiences, to name but a few. But street fairs have a significant difference. From Wikipedia, a street fair celebrates the character of a neighborhood. As its name suggests, it is typically held on the main street of a neighborhood. The principal component of street fairs are booths used to sell goods, particularly food, or convey information. Some include carnival rides and parades. Many have live music and dance demonstrations. Fairs typically range no more than a few blocks long, although some fairs, such as the Ninth Avenue International Food Festival in New York City and the Solano Stroll in Northern California, extend more than a mile. A fair only one block long is commonly called a block party. Street fairs vary greatly in character, even within one city. Annual street fairs in Seattle, Washington, for example, include the University District Street Fair that features the work of craftspeople and requires that the person who makes the goods that are for sale must be present in their own booths. The Fremont Fair features crafts from around the world, as well as the summer solstice parade and pageant famed for its painted naked cyclists. In the same city, the Capitol Hill Block Party fences off several blocks, charges admission, 
and features some of the city's best-known rock bands, while the Chinatown International District Summer Fair has a distinctly Asian-American and Pacific Islander flavor, with taiko drummers, martial arts demonstrations, and Hawaiian dance. In Belgium, street fairs are known as braderies, which translates to roasting, referencing the frequent roasting of meat at the events. Wikipedia also lists a number of renowned street fairs, and some of their entries are very different and interesting, to me anyway. It turns out that the LGBT community has a lot of common history with street fairs, and there is a bit of historical significance. The Castro Street Fair is a San Francisco LGBT street festival and fair usually held on the first Sunday in October in the Castro neighborhood, the main gay neighborhood and social center of the city. The fair features multiple stages with live entertainment, DJs, food vendors, community group stalls, as well as a curated artisan alley with dozens of Northern California artists. Due to community pressure, the fair restructured the organization and partnered with local charities to collect gate donations and partnered with groups to raise money for those charities. The Castro Street Fair was founded by Harvey Milk and the group he led, the Castro Valley Association, in 1974 and attracted over 5,000 people. The event's popularity grew quickly and by 1977, the audience reached 70,000 people. The influx of visitors helped promote the Castro District's growing tourist industry. Castro Street Fair is one of San Francisco's many street fairs, including the North Beach Festival, Union Street Festival, and the Haight Street Fair. These fairs run throughout the summer from spring to fall. The Castro Street Fair takes place on the afternoon of the first Sunday in October. The large turnout makes it one of the largest of the annual street events in San Francisco behind San Francisco Pride and Civic Center, Folsom Street Fair south of Market Street, Pink Saturday in the Castro, and the Union Street Festival. Back in New York, the Feast of San Gennaro is an Italian-American festival. The immigrant families on Mulberry Street who started the feast, a group of cafe owners, erected a small chapel in the street to house the image of their patron saint. They invited all to partake of their wares, asking the devoted to pin an offering to the ribbon streamers that are hung from the statue's apron. This money was then distributed to the needy poor of the neighborhood. Over time, the festival expanded into an 11-day street fair organized and run by people outside the neighborhood. It is now an annual celebration of food and drink and a major tourist attraction. Centered on Mulberry Street, which is close to traffic for the occasion, the festival generally features sausages, zeppeli, street vendors, games, parades, and other such attractions. The feast also has historically been full of Jersey Tonys, hot, muscular guys with big, smiling faces and tight clothes. Folsom Street Fair is an annual BDSM and leather subculture street fair held in September that caps San Francisco's Leather Pride Week. The Folsom Street Fair, sometimes referred to as Folsom, takes place on Folsom Street between 8th and 13th Streets in San Francisco's South of Market District. The event started in 1984 and is California's third largest single-day outdoor spectator event and the world's largest leather event and showcase for BDSM products and culture. It has grown as a nonprofit charity and local and national nonprofits benefit with all donations at the gates going to charity groups as well as numerous fundraising schemes within the festival, including games, beverage booths, and even spanking for donations to capitalize on the adult-themed exhibitionism. 
Folsom Street East is the version I have attended on multiple occasions, and it has always been eye-popping. I remember the first year it was open on 28th Street, and that section of the highway right above the festivities wasn't open yet. The video I shot in 2011 was a different story, and it seems that a lot of the people up on the highland were taken aback while others were entranced. Most just kept walking by. The Lesbian and Gay City Festival in Berlin is Europe's largest street festival for lesbians and gays. It has been held in the traditional gay area around Nolendorfplatz in Schoenberg since 1993. The Up Your Alley Fair, most commonly referred to by locals as Dory Alley Fair or simply Dory Alley, is a leather and fetish event held in San Francisco, California on the last Sunday of July in Folsom Street. Among the original rationales for this fair was to illustrate in the face of redevelopment pressures, that the South of Market neighborhood was already home to a community and that this community was still active and organized in spite of the AIDS epidemic. Up Your Alley Fair draws 10,000 fetish enthusiasts and onlookers and serves not only as a warm-up event for the organizers, but also as a less tourist-focused event for locals. Steamworks Bass hosts a twister stage, and there is dancing, DJs, STD testing, and fetish wear sales. This is far more gay male focused than the Folsom Street Fair, but welcoming to all genders and orientations. So, flea markets and street fairs have long been integral to communities, shoppers, people looking for an attraction to immerse themselves in, and just fun. The LGBT community has been a major part of the evolution of street fairs and flea markets. We, they, are for everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And as the kitties say, peace out.